Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Um, the, I prepared for a different set of readings, and it turns out there's actually two sets of readings, and I prepared for the wrong one that was in Celebrate uh, this week. So, um, and I'll, uh, this set of readings is about the death of the innocents, which is an important and really tragic uh, thing that happens in the Gospels. The other set of readings for this Sunday is for the name of Jesus and the naming of Jesus. And as part, our first lesson from that set of readings that I actually did prepare on comes from Numbers uh, chapter 6, verses 22 through 27. So we just get extra scripture, which is always a good thing. And uh, Numbers uh, Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through 27 uh, is this. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the Israelites. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. Here ends our other Old Testament and first lesson. Well, grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There are a lot of things that are pretty audacious about the Bible, and some that may surprise you. In the liberation account of the Hebrew people, for instance, being freed from the grip of Pharaoh and the Egyptians, Pharaoh was repeatedly, uh, Pharaoh is recorded as uh, repeatedly being willing to free God's people and released them to follow Moses. Yet Exodus tells us that it was God who repeatedly hardened Pharaoh's heart to keep the descendants of Abraham enslaved. And uh, even more explicitly, promised Moses ahead of time that it was God's plan to do so. It was audacious to think that, uh, it is audacious to think that God would keep the Hebrew people enslaved in this way. At least audacious, if you ask me. I was surprised in seminary to think about how audacious it was for various psalmists to command mountains and seas and plains and other natural elements to praise their creator. What authority do these humble writers with obscure origins and endings have to command mountains, right? Were they CEOs of earth-moving companies like Caterpillar, John Deere, Kubota? Hardly. Audacious claims, if you ask me. Scripture tells us that the Israelites were at first commanded to kill the Canaanites when they entered the Promised Land. And then they were later, uh, then they were commanded to treat foreigners in the Promised Land well, and were later punished for not doing so. Kind of an audacious inconsistency. Another aspect of scripture that was audacious is found in our first lesson for this week. The notion that we, as humble mortals, can pronounce God's blessings on one another. Who are we to pronounce God's favor on each other? 
In fact, in many religions, uh, but especially many religions in the ancient world, people believed that any time divine beings interfered in human events, it was probably for the worst. In the Western world, for instance, we famously see this dynamic on display in Homer's epic, the Iliad, about the Battle of Troy. In the epic, the gods took great interest in the several years-long battle between the Mycenaean Greeks and Asian Trojans, all of whom, all, all, and all the gods took sides in conflict against other gods on behalf of various armies of mortals and heroes. You probably know how it turned out for the Trojans, but the follow, in the follow-up epic, The Odyssey, uh, we hear that all the victors, uh, except for Odysseus, perished on their return home because the gods who sided with the Trojans made sure that uh, the victors would suffer too. In the ancient mind, when the gods took interest in human affairs, it was, not for, it was not good for the people involved. On this, holy, on this point, our Holy Bible is audacious in a different way. In our short, short passage from the book of Numbers, we hear that the people were instructed to actively seek God, Jehovah, the Lord of their ancestor Abraham to intervene and provide divine favor on their well-being. The Lord commanded Moses to tell his brother Aaron that he and his sons were to speak favor on behalf of God over the people of Israel. <clears throat> the Lord spoke through Moses, saying, You shall bless the Israelites, and say, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. Aaron and his sons, who were set apart as a priestly family, were being commanded to bless the people in the name of God and pronounce the Lord's favor upon them. Audacious. God wanted, to in, uh, God wanted to intervene on their behalf. Not for self, uh, divine self-interest or petty grievances like the ancient Greek pantheon, right? But God wanted to intervene for the benefit of us mortals. God desired that the Israelites be blessed beyond their own abilities and that this priestly family was commanded to bring these blessings about. This is perhaps no surprise to you, reading about our benediction from the book of Numbers, that the benediction that we end our services here with every week is called the Aaronic blessing. Aaronic as in Aaron, right? It was first given to Aaron and therefore is associated with his namesake. This is a blessing that has been part of Christian worship for centuries and part of Jewish worship for even longer than that. And I assure you, despite my children's hesitation this morning, we do say this every night in the Nelson household. We gather with the sincere belief that God means to bless the collective, the congregation, 
And that, and that belief is confirmed and enacted every week when we recite this blessing. We are not only blessed as individual believers, um, and in the way that many want to isolate the importance of Christian belief anymore as merely a personal relationship with God, and not one that is shared with the wider family and community. But we also believe as people with faith uh, that our faith is shared throughout our communities and across generations. This blessing was not only given to Aaron, but also to Aaron and his sons. And this blessing was originally intended to be pronounced upon all of the Israelites together. We are most blessed when the favor of God greets us as a people gathered and united together. So what does this blessing entail? First, we pronounce God's blessing in a straightforward and direct way. Say, the Lord bless you and keep you. We name the Lord and pronounce the Lord's blessing on the assembly. We ask God to bless the assembly in ways that are beyond what the world can offer. We know that the plans our Creator has for us extend far beyond our lifetimes. And any blessing we offer on the Lord's behalf is far more significant than anything we can offer on our own. I do not say, may Pastor Seth bless you and keep you. Because I assure you, that sort of blessing is far less significant than a blessing in the name of the Lord. Try as I might, I am not God. Yet the position of pastor has been entrusted to me to speak blessing on God's behalf. An arrangement that is far better for us all. Not only that, part of pronouncing the Lord's blessing is asking that the Lord keep you as well. Pronouncing the Lord's blessing on the assembly involves asking that God bring about blessed realities that not, have not yet come to pass. And by asking that God keep you, I ask that God secure the blessings that God will bring about. Let these blessings come to pass and let God protect those blessings when they come. Next, we ask in our benediction, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Within the Hebrew language, the physical actions are key. The Lord's face turning and shining upon you is a very physical way of describing the Lord's blessing. Contrary to the Lord's cursing being described as God turning God's back on us, the Lord's face shining upon us means that the Lord physically takes action to look upon our well-being. In the context of the Lord turning his face toward our well-being, you also ask that the Lord be gracious to you. Not only do we desire that the Lord's face shine upon you, but also that the Lord, the Lord looks towards your well-being with gracious mercy. We could imagine a more rigid uh, kind of version of this saying something like, the Lord's face shine upon you and communicate to you how you need to get your act together. Right? <laughs> Fortunately, the Aaronic blessing comes to us differently. 
We ask that the Lord greet our failings, our fears, our ailments, our brokenness, and every other aspect of our lives with graciousness, with mercy. When the Lord looks upon us, may he ever do so with mercy and a gracious heart. Finally, Aaron and his sons were told to pronounce, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Countenance means face or facial expression. So essentially we are asking that the Lord smile upon the people. In our newer translations, we have moved to say, may the Lord look upon you with favor. Instead of saying countenance, but it basically means the same thing. We ask for the Lord to smile upon us all. May the Lord have a twinkle in his eye as he gazes upon you. And may that twinkle result in your peace and well-being. A wonderful blessing indeed. The belief that we can pronounce God's blessing upon one another is indeed audacious. But it is audacious in all the right ways. The Lord does not mean to intervene, or the Lord does indeed mean to intervene in the world on our behalf. God hears our prayerful pronouncements over one another. The Lord commanded Aaron and his sons to speak this blessing over the Israelites because God desires for us to intervene for one another on on God's behalf and intercede for each other's benefit. God does indeed smile on us in infinite ways. But I believe that this smile is all the brighter when it corresponds with the prayers of the people and the blessings of their leaders. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.